Welcome to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast, where we share illuminating stories and knowledge to inform, educate, inspire and empower you in the areas of business, health, finance, philanthropy, art, and entrepreneurship, designed to help you achieve your goals. And now here is your host, Desiree Stanley. to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. I'm Desiree Stanley, and with me today is Michelle Bailey. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thanks, Des. It's so great to be here. And Michelle and I have known each other for many, 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 many years. I don't necessarily need to say the exact number of years, but it's a lot of years. <laughs> and um, so to those who know her, she goes by Miko, and we've just been the best of friends for a really long time. And so I'm so excited to have you on the show. I have enjoyed watching you create the mixed media art that you're doing on uh, Instagram. And now you've got an Etsy store and I love it. It's just so fascinating to me to, to see as you're creating it mm-hmm. and, and the end product as well. And so I, I love it. I've, and that's why I wanted to have you on the show, but the art was kind of out of necessity in a way. And so that's something that we're going to talk about right now is what was the reason that you began creating that art? So backing up to 2015, I had been tinkering with different types of journaling and, you know, just as an outlet, just as a way to worship or to, you know, just kind of play in journaling. I have, you know, I know you've journaled, um, and I've, I've never had the attention span really to kind of sit down and diary for lack of a better word. And so, um, it just kind of evolved into this more of an art therapy and art journaling, uh, mixed media, you know, I, I was doing all the pretty little ephemera and the cutouts and everything was just so, and. I never felt comfortable in that. You know, I always felt like I was trying to do what everybody else was doing. And so it just kind of evolved. Um, you said the word kind of out of a necessity. Um, it was a way for me to start memory keeping. Okay. And so what, tell us about that. What does that mean? Yeah. So um, to 2017, um, I was a missionary and I was on my fourth mission and I contracted E. coli. And I became very, very sick um, and returned to the States and went through significant testing and was treated for the E. coli and, you know, went about my day. But the anxiety was bad, true anxiety, um, uncontrolled. My thyroid levels were out of sync um, because I have had thyroid disease since I was 16, but this was different this was like a brain fog that started to um, take over. Um, I actually went to see a shrink. I thought I was going crazy. I thought, my God, at that time I was 45. I was like, there's no way early onset dementia at 45. Is this real? I don't have a history. My family doesn't have a history. Um, And so they told me to start documenting, start documenting you know, how I was feeling, you know, go through my symptoms and uh, what I ended up doing was memory keeping so that I could remember because I was forgetting Mm. and I was afraid that I was going to forget who I was or 
what I had just done the day before. Yeah. And that's very scary. Yes. Extremely scary. I remember sitting, um, it was actually a small little gathering at a local restaurant and my friend was here from out of town and we were sitting on the roof of this bar and she said, you don't look like yourself. Like you don't act like yourself. And I actually Mm -hmm. told her, um, I feel like I have dementia. Oh, wow. And I want to, she was like the first person that I had told this. Um, and I said, I want you to know who I am before I lose my mind. Yeah. I mean, that's how bad I was. Mm. So you went through some testing to determine if it was actually early onset dementia or, you know, what, what were you doing after that? Okay. So after I had the E. coli, um, so that was June of 2017. Um, I, was extremely sick and I saw a primary care doctor. I um, was then referred to a therapist because they told me I was crazy, basically. Um, That's not helpful. No, you know, stick a, stick a pill in your mouth. Let's give her Xanax for when she's anxious. Let's give her a little Prozac when she's feeling down. And soon I was taking all these drugs and if, if you've ever taken all of those things all together, you can't remember <laughs> anything because of the drugs. So, yeah. um, so I went to see a therapist and he started prescribing me antipsychotics, um, said you're, I don't think you're, I don't think you have dementia, but let's take this. Let's see how you do on this. And everything I took made me so sick, so sick. Um, because we weren't getting to the root. We weren't getting to what was really causing me all of these side effects. Why was I experiencing brain fog? Why were my thyroid TSH levels only, which is um, is actually not a thyroid hormone, it's a pituitary hormone. So when you go to the doctor, that's all they test you for. They test you for your TSH. So my TSH was always normal. It was always in the normal limit. And then I ended up going and seeing a specialist for my thyroid and asked to be tested for, you know, something else. And she said, Oh, we don't need to test you for that. We know you have that. And I was like, okay, so what is that? Right. And, um, I had seen on Facebook, a friend of a friend had been posting about this functional medicine doctor, um, in the Charleston, uh, Merle's Inlet area where I'm from South Carolina. And I reached out to her and I said, I've had thyroid disease since I was 16. This is what's going on with me. And she was an RN. So, you know, I felt like I could confide in her and she would know. And she said, you have to go see Dr. Salibi. You have to go see him. A lot of the symptoms that you're describing to me, they all sound like they could be related to your thyroid. So I went and saw him and he ran a plethora of testing and Good. good. It was detected that I was still, um, well, let me back up a little bit. Now I did reach out to this nurse friend and I kind of stored it. I kind of stored it all away. And I said, I'm going to go, but it's not covered by insurance and functional medicine can be extremely expensive. Um, And so I'm not sure when that was. I think that was in the fall time of 2018. So I had been suffering for 
a year and about three months with, you know, this memory impairment. And um, I mean, you know, I used to run, jog, do 5Ks, and I was in the best shape of my life to gaining yeah. 60 pounds in like 14 months. Um, so not only was I not remembering, I was gaining an excessive amount of weight. I was sleeping all the time. I had zero energy. Um, you know, thank God for my husband who was so patient during all this. I mean, you know, Chris, he's so level-headed anyways, but he was really concerned for me. Very And he said, we've got to find a solution. And we talked about the functional medicine doctor and, you know, we knew that it was going to be an expense. Well, that December of 2018, I was actually in Charleston with some friends at a concert and I had what's called a thyroid storm. Um, and basically it feels like you're having a heart attack. Um, and wow. I didn't know that it was a thyroid storm at that point. Um, I thought it was food poisoning. We were in the middle of the concert and I had to excuse myself into the lobby. And um, it's like the cold, hot sweats and the vomiting. And, and my friend was like, we need to get you to the hospital. Um, and I was like, no, I want to go back to Florence. You know, I want to go home. I want to go home. I was a little irrational. Like I should have gone to the hospital in Charleston. Yeah. So she, um, Charleston from my house is about two hours. It took us almost four. Wow. I had to stop. Um, just excessively throwing up and sick. And um, we, I walked in the door at 1.30 and Chris immediately packed me in the car and we went straight to the ER. And when I got to the hospital, my heart rate was almost 200. My blood pressure was stroke level. Um, and it was discovered after the, um, you know, they did the troponin levels for the heart that my heart was fine. It was not my heart. Um, and it was discovered that I had had what's called a thyroid storm. And basically your thyroid, um, I'm, not a, I'm not a medical professional, but basically a thyroid storm is when your thyroid kind of goes haywire. It, and, and for those of you that don't know, your thyroid controls everything in your body. And so when your thyroid isn't functioning properly or it's over-functioning, um, it can create this whole storm of systems. And so I was admitted immediately to the hospital, um, went through all kinds of cardiac testing just to be sure, and stayed about three days in the hospital. Um, and as soon as I got checked out, Chris said, you're going to see that functional medicine doctor. They literally ran, I mean, thousands of dollars worth of tests. Yeah. I mean, I think thank God for insurance. I think my total medical bill was somewhere up in $300,000 for all the stress tests and wow. everything up running. So I ended up going to see um, a functional medicine doctor who um, ran all the tests that I had started to tell you about. And it was discovered that I still, in fact, had E. coli. Oh, um, wow. A year and a half later, um, which created SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, and all of, we all, we, we all know, even before you didn't know, everything's in your gut. It was why I was gaining so much weight. It was why the brain fog was there. Um, and then it was discovered that I have Hashimoto's, which okay. the fact. 
So with Hashimoto's comes all of those things too. Usually uh, digestive issues, um, loss of hair, um, fatigue, uh, memory impairment. That's not really memory impairment. It's more like a brain fog, uh, which can seem like you're losing your mind. Yeah. And so um, it was also discovered then that not only that I had the SIBO, but for many years, Chris and I had struggled with uh, fertility and um, it was discovered that I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. And wow. that then um, that this doctor feels that was the reason why I was never able to have children after Austin, who was our son. Wow. Yeah. So it was, I mean, I know that's a lot of information, but it's, it's just so important to listen to your body and to know when something is not right. And all the doctors and therapists and people that I went to see, they only wanted to put a bandaid on it. They were not willing to get the root cause of anything until I found the right doctor. Yeah. And it sounds like you kind of had to be your own advocate, right? And Ab sort of push for these things to actually, you know, come about to, yep. for your own health, right? Yeah. And most of that is, I'm sure you know, is insurance driven. I mean, if, if, if you don't check off box ABC, you're not going to have DEF, et cetera, you know, things like SIBO and, you know, um, how to treat the body before it becomes an issue. Right. Right. So. It's more like, um, after you're having these problems, let's do this. And as you said before, like take this pill, take this pill or take this pill. And yep. you know, that really doesn't get to the root cause of the problem. So you're yep. not really solving anything. Correct. So yeah. once I had the proper medication protocol for my thyroid, which was something a little bit, um, off of the mainstream, you know, most doctors prescribe levothyroxine or Synthroid, which are synthetics. Um, I went the route of more of an armor thyroid, which is, a, which is um, well, it's pig intestines. I mean, okay. it's more natural for, and less chemical. Um, I'm not on that anymore, but you know, that was a, now I'm more on a compound of T3, T4 because my TSH, which is the level that most doctors test, pretty much stays normal, but if you don't look at, you know, your TPO, which is your autoimmune markers, which mine were in the hundreds and they're supposed to be 37 or below. And I oh, had wow. like three, 400 TPOs. And so, so it, it was nice to meet somebody that kind of takes you as an individual and can help you holistically. I did a lot of you know, vitamins and nutrition and so that I could discharge all those Xanaxes that <laughs> was so horrible for you. Yeah. Yeah. Was it difficult for you kind of having to step into that role of being, you know, your kind of your own crusader, if you will, you know, for this, um, your health? Yeah. I, I mean, I think, you know, my personality, I'm pretty, assertive when it comes to things. However, when it came to this, I felt very defeated. Mm. I felt um, like I didn't know the right questions to ask. I mean, I had for so long, you know, you're told to trust 
the physicians, they go to school and, you know, we, we learn about Hashimoto's in school, but we don't really learn about, you know, the different biomarkers and how to treat it. You know, we just say, take this. Yeah. So, and so Hashimoto's, oh, sorry, yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, no, I had to become an advocate for sure. Once I knew what I was doing. Yeah. And so Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disease. Is that correct? It is. It's an autoimmune disease of the thyroid. Okay. I see. What was it specifically that they were able to, um, to use, to determine that that's actually what you had? So there, um, well, there's, there's a whole bunch of testing that they do. Uh, the, the big marker is called TPO and, that is the level in your blood that they test to see if you fall into the guidelines of having Hashimoto's. But I mean, they look at the whole picture, you know, the brain fog, the, the weight gain, the hair loss, the et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of a big picture, but it's an actual blood test. Okay. Yeah. No and those things, no physician had ever run it before. Gotcha. And I was going to say that sometimes those things could be caused by other issues entirely, mm-hmm. right? Weight gain or hair loss sure. can be caused by a number of other things. And so sure. it, it could be really hard to pinpoint what the true problem is mm-hmm. that's going on. Yeah. The therapist told me I was depressed and that I was gaining weight because I was depressed and sure I was absolutely depressed but I wasn't eating anymore. Of course I wasn't running or jogging or whatever you want to call what I used to do. I wasn't doing that anymore, but yeah, it wasn't the same. Was there any other, um, diagnoses that were discovered or, um, you know, kind of found when you were going through this process besides Hashimoto's? Yeah. So I, um, you asked this and I'm going to answer it specifically. I was tested if I carry the gene for Alzheimer's Mm. and I do not, um, I have a less than 1% chance of contracting Alzheimer's disease. Um, and you know, that is, um, there are people who question those studies, um, and, and that testing, but for now, I'm going to believe that I am falling into that 1%, um, of people who have this marker. It's a marker. And my doctor told me that it wasn't dementia and it definitely wasn't Alzheimer's. So um, even though I come from a long line of cardiac unhealthy people, um, I also have a lower risk of contracting heart disease because of, again, these biomarkers. Do I have to watch what I eat? you know, absolutely. Does that mean that, you know, that I could have a heart attack? Absolutely. It just means that I am less likely to get heart disease because of um, the, the genes that are in my body. So I am insulin resistant. There's so much research on that too. Um, which does affect your insulin. And I do have to be careful about diabetes um, because of that, because of the insulin resistance. Um, I also um, was told that, that because of the insulin resistance, um, that that could be why I was gaining some weight because 
of, of, you know, the higher blood sugar, the blood sugars were always normal, but the insulin levels were high, okay. which you don't think about that. Right. I mean, we, we think we're told to check our blood sugars. Mm-hmm. Average person doesn't have a way to check their insulin. No. So, um, and then I was told because of my history of cancer that I was estrogen dominant, which they could not figure out why I was estrogen dominant because I had had a full hysterectomy, but the body is an interesting, it's very interesting. So um, insulin resistance can, can also mess up your hormones. And so Mm -hmm. I was struggling with hormonal um, insufficiencies because of the complete hysterectomy several years ago. So we started, you know, working on that too. Yeah, I found out a lot of very, very, it was hard. It was, it was like, you want answers, but did I want all that news, right? Mm -hmm. I came in here, I had a thyroid storm, but there was a reason that I was feeling anxious and up in the middle of the night and having Chris drive me around the neighborhood so that I didn't feel like I was losing my mind or, you know, there were things that were causing it. And I have to, you know, I have to watch those kinds of things. Wow. And so now how is your health? How are you healing? Well, uh, my thyroid is amazing. Um, I I think I mentioned briefly that my, um, my functional medicine doctor who I see primarily, I, I do have a primary local to me should something come up. But, um, as far as my thyroid goes, it's perfect. I take the compound T3, T4, um, and I, I, my thyroid is good. Excellent. Yeah. And, and so the Hashimoto's also is kind of under control. Yeah, it's under control. My levels are the lowest they've ever been. They're in the eighties right now. Um, you want to be under 37 is the marker that they shoot for. So, um, I still have to watch that my thyroid doesn't get into the hyper zone because when that does, that's when the anxiety comes. So Hashimoto, you know, from a non-medical person is every day is different, mm-hmm. you know? So, but I have learned how to manage it with the direction of my doctor. You know, he says, if you're feeling this way, this day, you may have too much thyroid back off. If you feel this way and you feel like you need more, call me. Like he never wants me to take more, but I can take a day and not take any thyroid medicine. So, yeah. All of these things kind of happening, um, was, you know, what led you into doing a lot of the art mm-hmm. and the, um, the things that the journaling that you were doing because you were concerned about the brain fog and memory loss, but mm-hmm. it evolved from that. Good. And Absolutely. then it really, really exploded. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. we see, we can see your, um, office behind you and all of your art supplies and yeah. some of the different art that you've done. And they're all this way. everything is in front of me yes it's yes it's my happy place for sure but yeah and so how did that grow yeah it's it's become um I like to look at it as an intuitive experience now um where I can enjoy it I still do memory keep just not as religiously you know I memory keep my trips 
and special things that happen, but I'm not keeping like a daily log anymore. But um, yeah, I I consider myself an artist now. I do some, I do art. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> I'm 51 years old and I am an artist. <laughs> oh, I love it. You know, you can yeah. call yourself an artist even if you're not. <laughs> absolutely absolutely if you are making art you are an artist it's right. like the you know people who say well if you're not winning you know marathons or half marathons or whatever you're not really a runner well i'm sorry if you're out there and you're running you are a runner right and i actually had an artist like i know that this is silly a real artist like somebody with a half a million followers or i don't know how many you know that she had a private conversation with me one day after a post that I made, I don't know, maybe two years ago. And it was exactly this. I was like, I feel like I might be an artist. And she actually messaged me and she said, you know what, Miko, you are an artist, like accept that and feel good about that. So I do, I do now, I feel like I'm an artist. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and you're one of the things I really love about what you're doing is that it's so free form. And, you know, I think a lot of times we feel like in order for art to be art, it has to be a certain way or has to look a certain way. And that's not really true. It, it, art can be whatever. Right. And so you're, what you're doing, what you're creating is just as it comes to you. And, and that's what I love about it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. As a recovering perfectionist, <laughs> which I am self-proclaimed, which I've had two therapists now tell me, <laughs> um, it is so freeing to not worry about splashing paint or, you know, colors on a paper because, you know, you can just, you can throw that away. Right. Like, yeah just because I, I create this piece and I think it's horrible. Somebody may love it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, but the hardest part for me was sharing my art. Now I love to share. Yeah. So. Well, no, I could see how that would be difficult initially, right? When you're creating something, it's very personal right. and we are kind of always afraid to put something new out there. We, we don't know what kind of response we're going to get from people. And so I could see how that would be you'd be hesitant mm -hmm. to do that. And, um, you know, but it's, uh, it's so great that you do now because we all get to enjoy it and right. um, appreciate it. Well, so you, since you've been posting on Instagram, have you kind of uh, met new people who also are doing the kind of art, like mixed media art that you're doing? Absolutely. I still have my core group of original journalers from like 2015 uh, people that I've traveled to retreats with and um but absolutely there's one thing about the art community as a whole is they're all pretty supportive you know as long as you don't steal their work or recreate something that they do without giving them credit they are very very supportive so and I'm, I mean, you know, I'm all over the place, right? Like I have this desire to be a homesteader. Who knows why? I just do. So I had a girlfriend, an artist friend say, why don't you create a, a separate page for all your homesteading things? It takes away from your art things. And I'm thinking, 
Well, I'm a well-rounded person then, right? I, who wants to keep up with more than one Instagram account? Not me. So, you know, I figure that people can get to know me as a person and then the art is just a bonus. Yeah. And so talking about homesteading, uh, recently or not so recently, uh, you guys have been looking for something to, Mm -hmm. you know, move the chickens that you guys have started, um, raising and you want to add, uh, some additional animals to your farm. So tell us a little bit about that. So uh, we currently are living in what's considered a downtown area in a historic district and there and in a southern town and there are a lot of um, ordinances mm-hmm. and you're only because of the size of our lot and where we're located we're only allowed to have six chickens. Um, we can't have any livestock. We could have one goat but if I mean, you've, you've been here, you have one goat in the back of our yard, we'd have no vehicles or, you know, they'd be out in the main road. So yeah, we, God, this market is, this housing market is like nothing. Well, nothing like any of us have ever seen, you know, especially in a small town like this, Um, you know, gone are the days of finding a beautiful home for 200,000. I mean, they're just gone. The the homes the homes and the land where it was 2,500 uh, a, an acre is now 10,000 an acre. Wow. And that's land. That's not a home on the, la- on the, on the land. And we have made three different offers and we have been outbid on every single piece of land. Wow. And we're offering asking. So, you know, but yeah, it's, my husband, who's born and raised in South Carolina, he, he says, I never thought I'd see the day where in little old Florence, South Carolina, you would be bidding on a home, first of all, being turned down for a home and having to pay almost a half a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. The market has been pretty crazy all around Mm-hmm. And, you know, as many of us in, in different parts of this country are seeing just, just absolute craziness, you want to pursue this dream yep. and it's like at every turn, it sort of seems like it's not, not happening. Right. But, you know, I feel like there's a plan in place. I may not know that plan, but there is a plan. Um, I've had some recent health issues, non-thyroid related. And so I feel like maybe. I'm supposed to stay here. I'm supposed to stay in this home that's paid for, nice. right? I mean, for the first time in my life, I'm um, debt-free. We both own our vehicles and we don't have a house payment. Who that's are excellent. we? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, although it's frustrating and we would really love to, the right house has to come along and the timing has to be right for us. So, and like I said, because of the recent health issues in the past, you know, seven, eight months, there's a reason. Can you share with us um, some books that you have read or podcasts that you've listened to or anything that's sort of um, been inspiring to you or made a difference in your life? Sure. So um, for the Hashimoto's, um, I really like the podcast Unbound Healing. Um, okay. 
Anne, Anne Marie and Michelle, they really talk about autoimmune protocol and how to eat for your autoimmune disease. Uh, Michelle, is, they both have Instagram on um, Unbound Healing. They're just nice, nice girls. Like they will help you if you need help. Um, I have followed the, their autoimmune protocol and seen results. Um, I also listen to the doctor's pharmacy. That's uh, okay. Dr. Hyman. I know, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of Dr. Mark Hyman. He's also a functional medicine doctor. He talks about the Hashimoto's and everything else, and also the mast cell that I was just diagnosed. Um, the number one thing that has helped me most recently, because I listened to a lot of them about SIBO, and has been um, Beth O'Hara. She doesn't actually have a podcast, but she has a website, and it's mastcell360.com. And she talks, a little, she's a functional neuropath. And um, she talks a lot about how to histamine diets and keeping your, your histamines lower and food lists and just what to expect. So helpful for me. Can you share also your Instagram page? So if anybody would like to go see Michelle's art on Instagram and then also your Etsy store. Uh, my Instagram handle is Miko Sun. It's M-I-K-O-S-U-N. And then my Etsy store is Miko's Studio, a one word. So I love it. Just started kind of tinkering in the printable arena of what's called collage papers and stuff like that. People that can print them off and use them in their journals. Oh, that's so. awesome. Mm -hmm. Super exciting. And I love that. And it sounds like you've just really created something positive out of something that was a really challenging, um, sad time in your life. Yeah. And that's fantastic. Thank you yeah. so much for being on the show and sharing your journey with us through your, your health and, and your art and all of that. And we so appreciate it. Thank you again yes. for being on. All right. So good to see you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on the pockets of knowledge podcast. Be sure to join us again next week for more great information designed to educate, inspire, and empower you to achieve your goals. And thanks again for listening.